Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen wisely. Okay. Let's do this one more time. It's Mike and Mike go to the movies. Uh, I'm Mike Smith, and joining me as always is a man who sometimes burns matches down to his fingertips just to feel something, anything. <laughs> Mike DeGrisio. How you doing, Mike? Um, you don't know how close to being accurate that is. That's scary. <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? Don't look. Don't read into that. How are you? Sure. Yes. Uh, I am good. Uh, I'm good. Uh, usual stuff. Uh, kind of happening around here. It's the beginning of June, Pride Month, uh, which yeah. uh, you know uh, I work at the Roxy Theater, the Indie Theater near my house in Missoula, Montana, and. Uh, we just wrapped up Queer West, uh, which uh, Charlie McCorn, friend of the show, really spearheaded at the Roxy, the first ever gay film festival in Montana. Uh, and so very cool. Very, That's very, crazy. Yeah. Very cool to have that label uh, attached to it. And uh, yeah, we had uh, a drag show at the theater and we had a screening of my own private Idaho and uh, we had short like queer Western, like kind of queer films that take place in the American West uh, that span like all of cinematic history. So there was like a short from like 1912 that was in there and like so many like, you know, a, a, a huge variety of stuff. Uh, so yeah, a lot of really cool stuff that uh, happened over the weekend and went to the after party on Saturday night, had a good time there. So yeah, no, good, good stuff all around. That sounds pretty dope. Sounds nice working at the Roxy. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I'm sorry. Just <laughs> <laughs> trying try to guilt me into hiring you at the Roxy. <laughs> I don't know if that's even possible. <laughs> uh, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should talk. Um, we should, yeah, hold on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, nothing else uh, going on. Life Mind Decree Show, anything going on? Um, coming up soon, going on vacation, going to Ireland soon, which yes. will be uh, very exciting. Can't wait for that. Going to go for a big wedding. And then how often are you going to be in Ireland? So we turned it into a whole trip, which yeah. makes it uh, really awkward when you're trying to apply for jobs and you're like, I can't start for three weeks. <laughs> Like I'll be, I'll be literally out of the country. Um, right. So we'll see how that is going to go. But yeah, uh, you might have just put it on hold until July or whatever the job yeah, search or whatever. Not great. Not great. Not looking great for Mike D on that front. But yeah. uh, <laughs> otherwise, everything's great. Good. 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 Yeah, I'm uh, excited for your trip. Ex- excited on your behalf. For your trip. Thank you. Uh, and of course, we, uh, we recorded a bonus episode, which will release while you're uh, gone. And then uh, while Mike D's gone, I'll also do a special episode uh, with Nick Wormuth, who was just on to talk Fast X with the family recently. Uh, and we're going to do an Indiana Jones retrospective. And uh, that should be pretty fun. That sounds very exciting. Yes. Uh, we, we will miss you, Mike. Um, but alas... Yeah, can't 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 be on them all, you know. Can't, yeah, can't can't win them all. Um, uh, yeah, and I don't and I don't have a producer Colin to make me watch Morbius, so I got I got to. <laughs> I'm sure if you texted Colin and we're like, "Yo, he'd he'd find a Morbius for you to watch." <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. Um, but today, and actually speaking of Spider-Man adjacent movies, uh, yeah. hey, hey, nice. Weave that right back in. Yeah, no. Today, uh, Mike D and I are going to be doing uh, our own feature review. We were actually originally going to have a guest in this episode, and he had to uh, drop out at the last minute. So, hey, Andrew McDonald, our Rapture Press uh, buddy, uh, sorry that you could not be on this episode, but uh, we are talking Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, which uh, I think I listed as when it was originally supposed to come out. My number one most anticipated movie of the year. 
So I think it was originally going to come out in 2022, I think. And so in 2021, I listed it as my number one. I think last year I put it on my top five again, but it wasn't number one again. It was right. still high up there. This is a movie I was very, very excited about because, as you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of one Spider-Man. Love Spider-Man very much. Uh, love a lot of Spider-Man movies and really, really loved uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse from 2018, uh, which blows the MCU Spider-Man movies out of the water. Like, it's not even a contest. Not even close. Yeah, uh, and so I uh, was very much looking forward to the follow up. I remember, I, rem- I remember when the trailer dropped for this movie. I was at work and I like dropped everything. I like stuck my headphones into my laptop and put them on, and uh, you know, lost my mind when I saw that it was across the Spider Verse Part One. Like that was how the trailer ended. Right, uh, and I was like, "There's two coming," and then they dropped the Part One, but there is still two coming. Uh, there's yeah. another one coming out next year, Spider Man Beyond the Spider Verse, which I'm also very excited for. Um, but yeah, this is a movie that I was really looking forward to and Mike D I'm assuming you were also looking forward to this as well you were a big Into the Spider-Verse fan too oh yeah absolutely I think I might have seen that more than once in theaters I don't really remember um, yeah I saw it twice in theaters and I've seen it a few times since then I know I rewatched it again shortly after like a year later because we covered it on the Nicolas Cage podcast the Nicolas right. Cage season <laughs> yeah I think I bought the Blu-ray of it um, yeah. so yeah I've watched it a handful of times the first one of course and uh, yeah love that movie love everything about it I think I put it no Maybe. I don't remember. Near the top of my uh, Nicolas Cage ranking, but I don't remember exactly when that actually came out versus when we did that episode. I think Um, it was right... Like right after we, yeah, no, th- it was, we finished the season um, in 2018 uh, right. or like, or in 2019 or something. But like, it was one of the last episodes we did before the season shut off. Right. Uh, before, before the season ended, basically. <laughs> before we pulled the plug on the season. <laughs> we, um, we turned the faucet and we, the season was done. Yeah. So, so I remember, cause I remember specifically, we did not do a review of that movie on this podcast. I'm like, my go to the movies or a film right. bookcast at the time, I guess, because we were going to do it on the complete works. Like we were You're saving right. it for the complete works uh so we did it for that and then we did our Nicolas cage ranking and yeah i think for me like this movie like into the spider-verse was my like number four Nicolas cage movie or something and i think yeah. for you it was like your number two or something like it was high up there and we were both like i know Nicolas cage is just the voice in this movie and he's like a you know a, like seventh or eighth build in this and all that all that kind of stuff but like man this movie's so good it has to be on the list <laughs> it's gotta make the list yeah um so yeah to all that to say i was very excited for across the spider-verse and yeah it's it's been it's been really cool to see everyone uh, general reactions to it because of course I am uh, you know don't watch trailers unsullied and all that so I hadn't sure. seen any trailers for this you hadn't um, seen a single trailer for this movie I don't think so wow. I don't th- what okay. do I need to see a trailer for I'm gonna go see it I know no, yeah I, I get it um, no yeah I, I, I get, but I'm, just, I'm just surprised you avoided it I guess is what I'm saying like, I just think I avoided it because you usually like you'll you, when you go to a movie you usually do sit and watch the trailer right like, you'll, yes. you'll watch them there so I'm surprised you didn't see a trailer for this at a movie is what I'm saying <laughs> yeah I can't I don't think of I can't think of a movie that this would have played in front of. You Not know, even like, like Guardians 3? You saw Guardians 3. I did see Guardians 3. I don't remember it being there. Um, <laughs> I might have, maybe I got there late. Maybe I missed it. I don't remember. But yeah, man, it's been, it's been fun seeing everyone freak out on Twitter and be like, oh, holy shit. Cause I, of course, got to, didn't see it right away. I saw it a couple days uh, since it came out. Um, you saw it this morning, I think, actually. I right? saw it today. Uh, yeah. On that, that nice half price Tuesday at Regal because, sure. as we mentioned, your boy doesn't have a job. So, um, <laughs> so every little bit helps. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, the whole weekend, everyone losing their minds for it and stuff. So that was very, very exciting. The hype was high. Um, and I, you know, not to, not to spoil our review, but it's a pretty good movie. 
Yeah, we're, I think we're pretty positive on it, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and it has been really exciting to see uh, people react to it. Because when Into the Spider-Verse was coming out, it was a movie that was got critical acclaim, for sure. Like, it was, like, universally praised. It's like, this movie's incredible. But financially, it, it did, like, pretty good. Like, it did, like, solid. You know, yeah. and because it was, you know, the animated Spider-Man spinoff, it wasn't like as as hyped up or as marketed as some of the live action ones, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then just through like sheer word of mouth and just like true, like mind blowing, like I can't believe how good this is. You know, critics kept talking about it. P- more people and more, more and more people saw it. It won the Oscar for best animated feature and, you know, right. all, all that kind of stuff. And now it's been five years. And so Into the Spider-Verse has like developed a cult all its own. Like people are just like really attached to that movie now. Uh, and so the amount of money it made this weekend like for across the spider-verse is almost the amount of money that into the spider-verse made in its entirety in the domestic box office wow which is that, crazy that's nuts <laughs> yes that's uh the last time i can remember something like that happening uh was john wick chapter two right uh, yeah and yeah john wick chapter two and i think pitch perfect two was also one that did that as well but yeah just a, a true like word of mouth like hit like a spread like you know a couple of years past people get into it and people are really excited about the sequel and so yeah spider-man across the spider-verse is is out in theaters right now, and we are going to get into all of it in just a few minutes. But first, got to tell people that all the theme songs that you're going to hear this episode uh, were created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach your own theme songs at Kyle's Podcast Themes at gmail.com, uh, who's also a big Spider Man fan. We should have invited him on this, but oh well. He's got uh, babies. He's got babies. I think he did see it, though. Uh, oh, I hope neat. so, because he's also editing this podcast, and there's going to be a lot of spoilers coming. Up. Yeah, sorry, Kyle. <laughs> Our logo was designed by Mac V, whose art you can find at Fearless Guard on Twitter. And if you want to contact us and respond to something we did in the show, you can tweet at us over at Mike and Mike Pod. And of course, if you ever want to make a donation, you can head to our Kofi page because for $50, you can make us watch any movie you want. That's right. We'll do it. We dare yeah. you. If you want to make us watch a Spider Man movie, boom. We're <laughs> <laughs> actually please make us watch a Spider Man. Please make movie. us watch a Spider Man. We we've spent many times talking about we reviewed No Way Home uh with the with the family when that came out. Um yep. that was our in-person podcast that year. Uh we went on No More Late Fees to talk about the original Sam Raimi Spider Man a while back. Uh we've talked about Spider Man's uh in the past extensively. I think we also we we probably reviewed Homecoming and Far From Home also. Those are both uh probably, movies that yeah. and into the Spider Verse, of course, we talked about on the Nick Cage podcast. Uh there's there's been a lot of Spider Man talk over the last few years in the show. We're allowed <laughs> with spiders <laughs> exactly uh we are spiders man uh which that's that's a, that's an actual spider-man variant yes which is just a bunch of spiders that think they are spider-man uh it's very very good but all right let's get into it it's time for spider-man across the spider-verse i can hear you being quiet mom i um hope i didn't ice your game man no one my age says those words in that order it's just hard to see my little man not being my little boy all the time. Yeah. For years I've been taking care of this little boy. Making sure he is loved. That he feels like he belongs wherever he wants to be. He wants to go out into the world and do great big things. Not bad, kid. And what I worry about most... I love you, Miles. ...is they won't look out for you like us. Miles! Wanna get out of here? Wherever you go from here, you have to promise to take care of that little boy for me. Make sure he never forgets where he came from. And... He never doubts that he is loved. 
and he never lets anyone tell him that he doesn't belong there. You gotta promise, Miles. I promise. Who do you think you are? Really? We are supposed to be the good guys. We are. All right, that was in the trailer for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the new movie uh, directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson, and written by Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and David Callahan. It stars Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Luna Lauren Velez, Jake Johnson, Jason Schwartzman, Issa Rae, Karan Sony, Daniel Kaluuya, Mahershala Ali, and Oscar Isaac, among many, 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 many others. <laughs> a, big, a big movie with a lot of characters in it. All right, so Mike D., uh, as we've said, we were both big fans of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, and that's a movie that I was, I feel like I was really hyped for it very early on um, because I was excited that Phil Lord and Chris Miller were getting to make an animated Spider-Man movie and that it was going to be a Spider-Verse movie, which in like the two years that I got into comics when I was in college, that was the event that I got really into. Yes. Uh, and I have distinct memories of like explaining to you what the Spider-Verse was. Absolutely. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. In like 2014, 2015, when that event was happening, when like they first introduced the concept of that in comics. And it's wild that the best comic book movies that are happening right now are based on the one major comic <laughs> event that I got really into. <laughs> yeah, they're made specifically for you. Yes, like I like I own all of those original Spider-Verse comics. I have like, you know, the Edge of Spider-Verse number two, the one that Gwen Stacy, the Spider-Gwen shows up in and they had the Spider-Man noir comic and all, all that stuff. I had all of that and I still have that somewhere like in a box in New York uh, somewhere. But yeah, I was super into the Spider-Verse comics and I, don't, I, know, I know those have like continued beyond like there's actually just a line of comics that's just called like Spider-Verse and that's right. it's not an event anymore. It's just they're Spider-Verse comics now. I haven't read any of those because uh, I haven't like gotten like regularly into comics or newer comics in a long time. Um, but when I was in college, the Spider-Verse was just beginning and I got into that event and man, I was so all about it. And to see that event grow into these movies has been wild. Uh, and especially because I'm a huge fan of Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who at that time had made 21 Jump Street and the Lego movie and Cloud of the Chance of Meatballs. And the only reason that these movies kind of exist in their current form is because they got fired from Solo, a Star Wars story. That's right. <laughs> and so this Spider-Man movie that they had kind of signed on to as producers, they got to be more hands-on with. And that's how Into the Spider-Verse kind of came to be. And so, yeah, by the way, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are also co-creators of Clone High, which is back on HBO Max. Uh, so Lord and Miller, they're just everywhere these days. <laughs> We're lousy with Lord and Miller. Um, yeah, I, I remember us hanging out and, and being like, OK, so tell me about the Spider-Verse this week. And like you yes. explained to me whatever was going on. And that was a lot of fun. And yeah, I never really got into comics until after that. Um, yeah, I, I remember you, you you picked up like X-23. That was like kind of your thing, right? Yeah, X-23 and Spider-Gwen. The, like, Spider right. the Spider-Verse thing was such a success that they spun off a bunch of them into full-blown comics uh like own their own lines so i read that i did read silk a lot too which was another one of those um, yeah i like silk a lot too yeah silk was really cool um I, so and i'm surprised silk hasn't like hasn't popped up in these movies yet um i think I, I remember seeing that they're like talking about a silk movie or a silk tv show or some shit um i, I think there was like an amazon show or whatever that they were kind of talking about oh. but i think i think they were also talking about a spinoff to these animated movies called spider women that would be about spider Gwen, Spider-Woman, who's in this movie played by Easter Ray, and Silk. Like, they would be the three of them kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So then that that was also another, like, event thing, crossover thing in the comics when I was reading Spider- 
Spider Gwen was like a Spider Women thing, right? Where the three of them teamed up, and that was cool as hell. But yeah, so the you know Spider Gwen being in into the Spider Verse was really fucking cool. Um, yeah, and then of course also now a major part of Across the Spider Verse. Um, so that she's was very, basically co lead in this movie. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so that was very fun. So yeah, that was that's kind of I have a, a much more shallow surface level uh, connection to Spider Man comics at least, um, and some of these characters. But it is cool that's like oh like the same kind of thing like the one character that I read all of the comics at the time I don't know if they've come back but that that run ended is Spider-Gwen and now here she yeah. is like set co-lead in, in yeah. this movie uh, and it's straight up like the comics in the movie you know uh, it's pretty yeah. cool absolutely so uh, we'll do like kind of brief spoiler free thoughts right now and then we'll dive into spoilers for uh, Across the Spider-Verse but general impressions what did you think of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Mike? Um, I think it's incredible it's amazing it's so much fun I think they absolutely recapture the the magic of the first movie um i think it's i think it's like an absolute triumph that they were able to you know i guess lord and miller or whoever were able to convince sony to let them do this this way where it's yeah. like no we're gonna just actually recreate comic book style like it's not gonna look like computer animation or anything it's gonna look like a comic book uh complete with the like thwips and the sound effect goofs and gags and stuff from the comic books and and the you know everybody being animated uniquely each character looking like their art style from the comic because the whole thing of course is everybody's crossing over and they're all big mishmash of different universes and art styles and everything so that is awesome that's so much fun I think Oscar Isaac is really great as a great addition to this movie uh, to this cast Um, same with uh, Issa Rae and like the whole you know the the expanded spider people thing <laughs> right um it's very fun yeah just an absolute blast and, and a deep the same i think another equally heartfelt like emotional core at the center of this movie much like the first one uh you know kind of being able to accept yourself and and the people that love you and having to let them go like let them let you go and all of that stuff and you are good enough and everything like that it's fucking it's great Across the Spider-Verse. Love it. Yeah, yeah. no, I think, uh, and that kind of speaks to, I think, what makes these movies kind of as good as they are because they have all this like kind of crazy multiversal, you know, wacky stuff and some of it's really funny and some of it's really crazy and weird. But I think at their core, what makes these movies as as popular as they are is that they really take their time to develop the relationships between kind of the central characters. And so you yeah. have Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy and uh, so much of this movie is just about Miles kind of strained relationship with his parents right now and like the first half is all about him like constantly disappointing them because he's stuck being Spider-Man and he has to like deal with all these criminals on the street and all that it's stuff. It's the Spider-Man juice baby. We love it's it. classic Spider-Man stuff. You know that's yeah. that's always the thing uh, that uh, and the thing I love most about Spider-Man and kind of the dichotomy between you know, Peter Parker slash whoever is Spider-Man and then the identity of Spider-Man is that uh, if something's going good for Spider-Man, something has to be going bad for Peter Parker. Right. Uh, you know, that like that if things are going too good for both versions of the character, for both sides of this one person, the story is not as interesting. Uh, and so, Absolutely. And, that, and that was a big issue that I had with the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. That was like my main thing where like, this guy is hot. He is cool. He <laughs> skateboards. Know, he's got everything going for him. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and he he also gets to be Spider-Man. Fuck this guy. Fuck this asshole. <laughs> Uh, that's it. I think Andrew Garfield's like really great, just really miscast in those first two movies. I think he's fantastic in No Way Home. Like, and truly, like, and, and No Way Home is a movie I have issues with, but like his performance is really good in it. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, he, absolutely. And it's clear that like, oh man, he, he really should have gotten like a second crack at playing a different version of Spider-Man or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he just, you know, he, he's really like kind of reclaimed that a little bit. Uh, his, like, yeah. his Spider-Man, those movies, maybe not so much, but like him as Spider-Man exactly, uh, has, yeah. has really come around for a lot of people. Me yeah. included. 
And, and that was like the, like, I feel like the prevailing sentiment after No Way Home was like, man, Andrew Garfield was like the best part of this thing. He, yeah. he was great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Across the Spider-Verse uh, is so much fun. I, I I struggle, like I'm I'm not sure if I like it quite as much as Into the Spider-Verse. That said, I feel like I'm going to watch this a few more times and it'll probably be like just right up there. You know, like it's one of those things where it's like, I have to like let it sit for a minute. Because I've seen Into the Spider-Verse like five or six times at this point and like, that's a perfect movie. It's, it's really great. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse is bigger. It's more ambitious. And Into the Spider-Verse, I think, pushed the boundaries of animation in a way that hadn't been done in mainstream American movies in a really long time. Yes. Uh, and Across the Spider-Verse just, like, goes further with it. It goes crazier and wilder. Uh, and so I think in terms of its storytelling, I feel like I'm a little bit more attached to the first movie's story. Uh, and partially because that movie is a complete package. Uh, That's this what is, I was going to say, too. This yeah. is absolutely part one of a two-part story. Uh, and it ends on a cliffhanger. And I do think the movie does enough work to, like, make it feel like its own complete thing and ending on, on a good note. And, like, ending it on a place where it's like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what happens next. But the first one, you get you get the entire thing. You get the whole story. Uh, yeah. And so this is very much positioned as if, and this is such, like, a cliche to say. But it's like, oh, this is the Empire Strikes Back of this trilogy. You know, like, (laughs) but, and that's anytime anyone's making a trilogy of movies, they're always like, well, the second one is really like Empire Strikes Back. Like that's, uh, and they said that in interviews leading up to this movie too. Um, but like it very much is like, it's, it's the clear blueprint for, yeah, (laughs) for where this movie leaves off uh, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, had such a blast with Across the Spider-Verse, uh, and just a, a marvel to look at, like everything about this, like looks insane. And it really goes through like the first movie was incredible to watch. Like, it looked incredible, but, like, it's all, it all takes place in Miles' universe, right? And right. so that movie, you have other characters coming in, uh, like, a few different characters that all have different kind of animation designs and like, are all animated at different frame rates and all that kind of stuff, and that's really cool. Um, but what this movie does is basically take the characters that you know and push them into new universes, and all those universes have their own distinct look and art style, and like you said, it's straight out of the comics. Uh, the first 20 minutes of this movie are just in Spider-Gwen's world. Uh, and it looks just like the comic does. Uh, and that's uh, our artwork by Jason Latour from the comics, who I think also wrote them too. And I remember at, at New York Comic-Con, like a year after Spider-Verse happened, I was there and I was at like a Spider-Verse panel, uh, like the Spider-Verse comics panel. Yeah. Um, and they were like, oh, and by the way, Jason Latour is here. Jason, come on up. And the guy sitting next to me, who I like moved aside, like I like moved my legs so he can sit down. Yeah. He, he got up and like went on stage and like, oh, you're Jason Latour. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, cool. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to see that kind of represented on screen. And uh, everybody here is just so good. Like, I'm so attached to the characters of Miles and Gwen, especially. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, it's cool that this movie doesn't, like, lean back on the stuff that worked in the first one. Like, it's trying new stuff. I think um, it could have easily just been like, okay, well, let's get the gang back together. Here's uh, Spider-Man Noir. Here's Spider-Ham. You guys love these in the first movie. Right. Uh, and they're not really present. It's it's a whole set of new characters that you're mostly dealing with in this movie. Uh, and even when, like, Peter B. Parker shows up, uh, Jake Johnson, who's in the trailers, that's not a spoiler, but even when he shows up, it's not even until like the last like third of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he's also like a very different character than he was in the first one. Yeah. A lot has happened in his life since we last saw him, uh, which is yeah. really cool to see. Uh, so yeah, I feel like there's a, a lot of attention paid to like developing these characters and like bringing them into like, you know, new things at this, at this point, like in continuity, I guess like miles has been Spider-Man for about a year in his universe. I think he says, right? Yeah. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. So ab- about a year has passed since then. And uh, yeah, it, miles is like, 
like noticeably a little bit older. His design has changed a little bit and Gwen Stacy has changed a little bit. But yeah, that, that first 20 minutes when you're just in Spider-Gwen's universe and you're seeing like her performing with the M- the Mary Janes, her band. Uh, yeah. And then she fights like this Leonardo da Vinci inspired vulture version. <laughs> so cool. So wild. And just watching that, I was like, how did they animate this? Yeah, this must they- have taken forever. <laughs> I think I saw something about uh, Hobie took like three years or something to animate, which is insane. Yes. It makes sense when you see what he looks like. Um, yeah, Spider-Punk, who uh, is just such a great addition to this movie. Um, yeah. Is, and yeah, but yeah, it took three years to animate because like every part of him is like a different frame rate because they wanted to recreate the sense of like he's constantly in motion or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, and so like his guitar is a different frame rate than his body, which is a different frame rate from his jacket. And like, so everything is just like, it took like three years to put him together, which is insane. And he's voiced by Daniel Kaluuya who has a thick British accent and he's a real punk and it's yeah. It's, it rocks. And it's very funny. The, this movie even does the thing that I think I've, I can't remember when I've complained about it recently, where in comic books, where it's like, if you want to know more about this, read issue 12 of whatever, yes. like it'll pop up. And this movie does it. And I laughed every time it happened. And I was like, <laughs> they've tricked me. They did it. I don't know yes. what they have. I, I thought about you when that happened. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> I, I forget when we talked about, it might have been when we talked about Guardians 3 or like, or some, some kind of recent Marvel movie. Uh, some kind of Marvel thing. Be- yeah. Be- because you've very much fallen off a lot of the live action Marvel stuff. Yes. You, you've gotten back at, you were, you liked Guardians 3 uh, and you kind of have formed the kind of idea like, yeah, I'll pop in when it's like a character I like or whatever, right? right. Um, but at some point we were talking about it and that thing that like you hate where it's like if you're reading a comic and it has like the asterisk and it's like, oh yeah, this happened or like explaining what this is or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and this movie like actually literally does that on screen many times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and but it, it's always like kind of played as a joke as, as kind of the thing I think it's always played as yeah. like this it really like replicates the feeling of like reading a comic book and <laughs> and it even says like you know ED meaning editor you know that that kind yep. of thing uh, and so it just explains to you quick things like oh yeah here's the thing you need to know there now you know it <laughs> Now you know it. Um, yeah, I don't. It's this movie. These movies are a magic trick, um, and they're they're beautiful pieces of art, and that's that's great. You know. Um, yes. I don't. I don't really know what else to say without spoiler plot stuff. Just just a sight to behold for these movies, and it's amazing that it has almost made back almost made as much as the entire first movie's run. Uh, that's very encouraging, and I do remember this being the first one being sort of like a not uh, grassroots is a pretty strong word to way to phrase it, but like a a kind of thing like oh support animation make. Make sure you go see this movie like Sony's not really promoting it like go out there make sure you tell your friends yeah um, and that kind of thing so to see that be such a and then of course to win the Oscar and then now see this one be such a success um, that it's like I'm more excited for these kind of movies than like the mainstream live action Marvel stuff sure yeah and I think I mean just in terms of animation I think Into the Spider-Verse was such an important movie um, because like we kind of said like so many uh, almost ever like 99% of all animated movies produced in America were, you know, the same kind of CGI design. (laughs) Yeah, it's the Pixar DreamWorks thing. The Pixar DreamWorks design of, yeah, and, you know, they would kind of get away from that every once in a while, but there hadn't been, like, a hand-drawn movie since, I think, Winnie the Pooh in 2011. I think that was the last time there's been a traditionally 2D hand-drawn movie. Wow. Uh, And this is obviously, this is a CGI movie for sure, but there's, like, elements of 2D that are in here, uh, and you see that in this and in Mitchell's vs. the Machines. um, But, like, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, like, really opened a gateway of, like, oh, there are so many more styles of animation that we can mess around with and I think you've seen studios in the last few 
years, like be inspired by Spider-Verse and try to replicate that style instead. And it's such a more unique and interesting style. And so you had that, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I know Puss in Boots, The Last Wish is supposed to be heavily inspired by Spider-Verse, like that that kind of thing. And if you've seen the trailers for the new Ninja Turtles movie, um, Mutant Mayhem, uh, it looks great. It looks (laughs) rad as hell, yeah. It looks really good. I actually really want to see it. And yeah, very much like that design looks like, hey, let's just draw what the comics look like of Ninja Turtles and see how that works. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting to see us kind of, um, you know, on one level, Disney is pushing all this weird photorealism CGI stuff. And then um, everyone else is like, no, please do. <laughs> like, <laughs> please do this. The audience is like, <laughs> no, please make shit that's radically and weirdly stylized. Like, yes, please. So, yeah. And, and yeah, Puss in Boots for sure is like definitely like, oh, some of these guys saw <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. Um, <laughs> yes. Which is which is neat. And that's cool. That's very exciting. So hopefully yeah. this will this will keep inspiring people to make weird animation stuff you know absolutely so yes that's uh, our spoiler free thoughts on across the spider-verse let's do it now let's get into spoilers for spider-man across the spider-verse all right spoilers for spider-man across the spider-verse uh so really the main story of this movie and like we kind of said gwen stacy is really the co-lead like the first 20 minutes and i was like shocked at how long this prologue was yeah uh the first like 20 minutes are truly just like you're on earth 65 you're in Gwen Stacy's universe and uh, she kind of gets sucked into the whole Spider-Verse situation. She meets Miguel O'Hara. She meets Jessica Drew. She's fighting. Um, I think the character's name is uh, it's Adriano Toomes, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> a- a- the Vulture. <laughs> Because because he's I, I love that he's like, you know, having watched the co- uh, watched the comics, read the comics, he's like the main villain for Spider-Gwen, like the the, the arc or at least one of the first ones. Right. The the Vulture. Um, right. Her universe is Vulture. I think, her universe right? is Vulture. Yeah. Um, so I was like all hyped and it's already been like, you know, it's the Peter Parker's lizard thing. She accidentally kills him. We've already established, we've gone through like the first arc of the comics and I'm like, hell yeah, here we go. It's, it's, it's like the hot dog bandit and then the vulture <laughs> in the comics, um, <laughs> which is very great. And then he comes in and yeah, he's like a paper, like hand drawn looking Michael, uh, Da Vinci thing, like looking like that. Uh, yeah. and I was like, wait a second. And then I, and then I realized what's going on. I was like, oh yeah, it's a spider verse thing. This is amazing. And for him to for that to be what's the the plot like oh just fucking mwah. it's great and the yes. hammerspace goof the callback from hammerspace love it right yeah uh and all, all that stuff i mean it, it really sets up gwen's arc here because it's a, it, it basically is just the first issue of this comic like the edge of spider-verse yeah. number two uh where you're seeing spider gwen's origin you're seeing that she knew peter parker he was her best friend and he turns into the lizard in this universe and he dies and she gets blamed for his death her dad is the police captain captain george stacy who is voiced by shay wiggum in this movie fantastic incredible uh, and, and then uh, at the end of this prologue, he finds out that she is Spider-Gwen and uh, he is um, still being a cop about it, you know, and he right. kind of casts her out of her, li- uh, casts her out of his life, essentially. Uh, and so she leaves and, you know, joins the spider, pe- the spider society in this other universe. And that whole like 20 minutes kind of really sets up like Gwen Stacy's mindset in this movie. So she is a very different character in this one than she is in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, cause I think it's a little bit like we're eventually catching up to the end of the first movie, right? At some point. Cause I think the, not that I guess it matters, uh, but the first movie, the post credit scene is the portal opening and you hear Gwen's voice being like, Hey Peter, you got a minute or whatever. Uh, that's like, right before the credits. That's right before the credits. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we're kind of catching up to the end of the first movie essentially. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. I don't know. That's neat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey miles, you got a minute. It's not Peter. Yeah. Right? She's talking to <laughs> what did I say? Uh, I think you said, hey, Peter, you got a minute. Did I? Is, I might have. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of Peters in this movie. A lot of Peters. Uh, <laughs> 
But yeah, and then after that prologue, you get uh, reintroduced to Miles Morales. You're kind of getting like, hey, he's been Spider-Man for a while. He's a hero of Brooklyn. He's, you know, really popular around town. People like him. I also like the detail. Um, so J. Jonah Jameson, you hear him every once in a while throughout this movie. In every universe, he is voiced by J.K. Simmons. It's always J.K. Simmons, yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Very uh, good. It's, it's so funny that like for years after the Raimi trilogy ended, you know, there were like so many conversations, like so many like online you know, things about like who could possibly replace J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, like, and the Andrew Garfield movies just chose not to have him in it at all. Yeah. Uh, and then in, when he, they finally reintroduced him to the Marvel universe, it was J.K. Simmons again. And it's just clear that like in every universe, he's just J.K. Simmons. It's, yeah. I love that, that, uh, the only constant is, is J.K. Simmons and J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's very, very good. Uh, and so, yeah, so, you know, he, Miles is popular, but of course J. Jonah Jameson is, you know, he's, he's doing his thing. He hates Spider-Man, all that stuff. But, uh, and you're just kind of getting reintroduced to like his life and what he's doing and he encounters the spot and the spot ends up being the sort of the main bad guy of this movie. He is the main bad guy, but like Miguel O'Hara kind of takes his place at the end of the movie as yeah. the bad guy. But Spot, uh, who's Dr. Jonathan Owen, whose backstory is incredible. Oh um, my God. <laughs> I can't believe they fucking did this. Uh, so they uh, reveal that uh, the Spot, who is this kind of faceless void with a lot of portals on his body that has this kind of like intradimensional travel ability essentially, right? And his he was a scientist at Alchemex, which is the company from the first movie that created the spider that bit Miles Morales, that, right. uh, whose facility they go into to sneak in and get into the computer. And that's where the fight with uh, Olivia Octavius happens and all that stuff. Uh, he is the scientist from Alchemex that gets hit with a bagel in the, the first Spider-Verse movie. <laughs> a literal throwaway joke. <laughs> <laughs> Becomes the villain of this movie is just yes. mwah, chef's kiss, baby. Yes. And that's how they treat him in this movie, which is very funny. They keep saying, oh, he's just a villain of the week. Like, he, this, yeah. is, this is some loser that we have to deal with, <laughs> you know? And then he ultimately becomes a very destructive, dangerous force, yeah. uh, which is very, very funny. And of course, he's and he's voiced by Jason Schwartzman, which is also just great casting. He's perfect for this. And yeah, he was great. And so you see him kind of encounter the spot and, and during the scene, but he's it's really like more of a nuisance because he's like trying to get to this meeting with his parents and his school counselor. Right. Yeah. He's got a, he's got an important meeting about his, uh, his college applications, his essay or whatever he's got to write or, you know, kind of uh, plan out what his future is going to be like. And he's just, he's just got to deal with this annoying villain of the week guy that's trying to steal an ATM out of the back of a bodega and he just yeah. doesn't have time for him, you know? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, so good. Uh, and yeah, and, and that I think kind of really emphasizes uh, Miles' difficult relationship with his parents at this point. He's like really struggling with like hiding the Spider-Man identity from them, you know, all, all that stuff. And he's been letting them down constantly. His dad's about to be made police captain and he's late for the party. He doesn't have the cake. Uh, you know, all, all that, right? I love the visual bit when he finally gets there with the cake uh, and he's like, it's got this really heartfelt message and he opens it up and it's been smushed and now it just says, I'm not proud. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> like dying laughing. Um, so, so good. <laughs> and that's that, that Lord and Miller, uh, the, the juge that they bring to these things. You yes, know? absolutely. And weirdly, like when I finished the movie, and I think maybe it's just because this movie is a little bit darker than the first one. Uh, when I finished it, I was like, maybe it wasn't like as funny as the first movie was. But I keep thinking back on like random gags that like made me laugh really hard. <laughs> Yeah, throughout the movie. That's one of them. I think the moment when they're in um, Mumbatton, the uh, alternate universe where Manhattan is uh, like India, basically, and yeah. they go Spider-Man India, and a black hole emerges, and uh, and it's like, oh, what is that thing? And Spider-Punk goes, it's a metaphor for capitalists. He's <laughs> 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 dying. It was so good. <laughs> it's so good. 
Uh, that got me very good also. Um, uh, what other bit? I feel like there was maybe less stuff that I noticed, at least on this first watch, of just like the deep background goofs. Because remember sure. that was like a big part of uh, Into the Spider-Verse is like all the weird billboards and silly goofs on the t- stuff on the TV and just like all these kind of like sure. alternate versions of things. And I feel like maybe there's a little bit less of that going on, except for one where they swing past a sign and it just says soda. It's a generic brand, but it's yeah. in the Coca-Cola font, um, <laughs> which is very funny. Um, yes. But yeah, I'm excited to, you know, get the Blu-ray to see all the screenshots or whatever that people are going to post on Twitter eventually. Um, yeah, 100%. And I mean, there's already like, you know, lists of all the Easter eggs and stuff like, you know, Spider-Man lore and yeah. all that kind of stuff. There's one moment, um, the the video game version of Spider-Man, uh, Yuri, yeah. Lo- Lo- Yuri Lowenthal's Spider-Man is in here. And there's a moment earlier before he gets introduced, um, you see Genki, um, Miles' roommate, playing the Spider-Man video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was <laughs> Which amazing. Is, I thought that yeah. was going to be the only reference to that. And then they're like, yeah, we got, we got video game guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's him. Uh, which is which is wild. Like I recognized it right away. Uh, and then I was like, wait a minute. So there's a Spider-Man game here and it's the same game that I play. Yeah. And there is a spin-off of that game that was called Spider-Man Miles Morales. Right. That's right. Which Genki is in. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, is he do they know about this? <laughs> I <laughs> uh, can't wait. Well, I mean, the real world exists in this movie because like the spot goes to Earth six one six or whatever the hell we are. Right? Uh, yeah. Well, so the, the spot goes to. Um, did you recognize the person in that? Uh, uh, was it from Venom or some shit? That, like, that was the woman from Venom. That was I Mrs. thought Chen that's what Venom. the goof was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That took me a second too. I was like, is that, is that the lady from Venom? Um, but yeah, that he. Uh, so there's a moment when John when Spot kind of discovers his powers, where he's like realizes what he can do with them, and he can travel to other universes. Yeah. And yeah, he's jumping over to different places, and then the one of them is like a live action universe, uh, and it's just the convenience store from Venom, and it's Mrs. Chen uh, who is just staring at him silently, and he just is. It seems like you see a lot of weird shit. Like or <laughs> doesn't say shit, cause it's a PG movie, but yeah. like this he, is just he, a Tuesday for you, huh? Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he just goes back into his portal, which was very funny. Uh, and I think that's a good that's a good like Easter egg like bit because like if you recognize her it's like oh hey she's from Venom um, but if you don't it's like oh this this woman's just seen it all you know like yeah yeah. <laughs> Uh, and there is a lot of stuff like this movie, I think, um, really ramps up the kind of multiversal stuff in terms of like connecting to other movies in a bigger way yeah. uh, than the first one did. So Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse didn't really do anything to like connect to any previous Spider-Man movies. They referenced some other stuff like they did the dancing in the street kind of thing, like Spider-Man 3 and the right. opening and all that stuff. But uh, this one actually has like specific like archive footage of like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the movie. Uh, right. Donald Glover has a live action cameo as the character he played in Homecoming. <laughs> Well, yeah, the the alleged character he plays in Homecoming. Right, right? it might might be a different version of that character or whatever, but that that's like the version. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what he is. He's Aaron Davis in that movie. So yeah, I, I, what did how did you feel about all that kind of stuff, Mike? I mean, this it really expanded it, um, and I, I think it makes the movie. You know, it, it's more in line with. They they even reference No Way Home at one point. They say Doctor Strange uh, and like that nerd oh, from yeah. Earth nineteen ninety nine ninety nine, right? Or whatever. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, how did you feel about all that kind of extra connective stuff? Um, I thought it was pretty fun because because I think it becomes like a little bit like I don't want to say Easter eggy kind of things but it sort of becomes like that right and in those moments where Miguel is explaining to Miles like the way that he's disrupted the timeline a little bit and because they've prevented some kind of event and and like there are there's always an Uncle Ben there's always a police captain that's too close to Spider-Man that dies and there's yeah. always like you know there's like all these things the canon events I think they call them in the, in the movie um, so to like you know see that the those things that we all recognize just kind of like a 
just pop culture icons um, with Tobey Maguire, with Angie Garfield, and all that stuff, alongside Spider Gwen, alongside Jessica Drew, alongside like alongside the characters in this movie as well. Um, it kind of felt it kind of made it feel a little bit more organic than just otherwise being like, remember Tobey Maguire, remember Angie <laughs> Garfield? You know, like they're not the only things being shown there, but it, it, they are there and helps ground it in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, it kind of builds on stuff that we've seen before, you know, right. and kind of helps you like buy into this whole multiverse uh, concept. Uh, so I think the way they do that for this movie is pretty smart. And I'm really curious. I know there's another big multiverse superhero movie coming out in two weeks called The Flash. Uh, and right. I'm curious to see if that movie just feels like empty references or, you know, whatever. I have a feeling it might be. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this like really felt like it was like building the world. And I think kind of it feels very much in line with Lord and Miller to kind of do this like metatextual analysis of like what is Spider-Man uh, and to have Miguel O'Hara obsessed with the canon of what is supposed to happen with right. Spider-Man. <laughs> you know, like well, this has to happen. There's always, you know, a police captain that dies in ASM 90, which is literally like in Amazing Spider-Man number 90. Uh, that's when Captain George Stacy dies in the comics. Like that, right. that's just like, and it, it's, and you know, that's something that Lord and Miller do in a lot of their work, that kind of meta thing that's in the Lego movie, that's in 21 Jump Street. And I think that's very much present here, um, but kind of in the form of Miguel O'Hara's whole deal. Yeah, well, I think I even saw them or saw people saying that like, yeah, Miguel O'Hara represents the like obsessive online fanboy that's mad about the canon, quote unquote. Uh, right. Like that part of fandom that they put in this movie. Um, but they also even like, I think explicitly say something along those lines in the Gwen Stacy section at the beginning when they're at the Guggenheim and Adriano Toomes is like, you consider this art? And she's like, well, it's more of like a meta, like a metatextual <laughs> conversation about our art. <laughs> uh, like, and goes off in this whole thing yeah. and like is looking at the camera while swinging and saying that stuff. And you're like, okay, I, I, I see yeah. you, Lord and Miller. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. And that's very much present, uh, throughout the movie. Uh, <laughs> it's like when they, they cut the, uh, the big like metal uh, balloon animal dog open by accident and it's full of smaller ones. Yes. And they're like, oh, neat. Like, <laughs> and they bring, back, they bring back the line from the first movie. The, I think it's a Banksy. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is great. And I think that's also like, it's, it's an actual like Jeff Koons sculpture or whatever that, uh, that is. Yeah. That's a, that's a real like piece of art. The, yes. the, the balloon <laughs> thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, we're, we're jumping around to different universes and we're kind of jumping around the movie here, but, uh, yeah. Did you have a favorite section of the movie? Did you have something that like really like kind of blew you away in terms of the animation or anything like that, Mike? Well, the, the, the spider Gwen stuff, just like, you know, tug it on my heartstrings. Sure. Uh, like get yeah. to see that. And the way great that they, they use that, um, like more painterly uh, expressionistic art style of that, of like that, like when they're having arguments, the paint of the background starts running and yeah. stuff like that. And the way colors, like when she hugs her dad, finally, and like the color just kind of explodes from like cold tones to white to warm tones and shit. And you're like fucking art, man, this is cool. So all of that was really great. And then uh, Moonbatten was amazing. Um, I thought that was just so cool. And like the way that they have all of the, I don't know what they're called in like not onomatopoeias, but like the bonk and like the thwip. And, like, oh yes. And they're all in Hindi. Uh, yeah. And they in, changed to Hindi that now. Version. That's yeah. so fucking cool. Um, yes. Absolutely. I also really like, I think the portrayal of Spider-Man India was very funny um, in terms <laughs> of like, like it's just so easy for him to be Spider-Man. Yeah. He's just so effortlessly cool. Yes. Uh, uh, and I think it's like, and it's because like it's his canon event hasn't happened yet. Right. His right. like, 
his police captain didn't die yet. And when Miles like intrudes, he saves that police captain. And so his life, I guess, is just easy now. Um, but there's a moment where like, like they're like, you know, saving people off the bridge or whatever, and they succeed. And he's just like, ah, oh, yes, another easy day in the life of Spider-Man. Yeah. And all three of them are like, no, <laughs> like, Spider-Gwen, Miles and Spider-Punk are all like, yes. no. And then it explodes, um, which is very fun. And yeah, that, that, that section was just really great. And I think just that, honestly, everything with uh, the spot just is so like fascinating and and terrifying in the way that like when he goes into the collider we see that like kind of like vision of the future and it's just like the most horrific shit I've ever seen yeah <laughs> it's just all black and white all like really abstract scary art it's neat yeah, absolutely. And talk about, I mean, that's a, a villain that uh, has never been like a big Spider-Man villain or anything. That's not like, he's just somebody who's been in a few comics here and there, you know, ha- hasn't really had like a huge arc or anything like that. And I think uh, what, what I was reading about is that like Lord Miller, like we're not considering him as the, for the villain of this movie. I think a uh, producer Avi Arad, who has been producing all these Spider-Man movies since the beginning, mm-hmm. um, suggested him as the villain. And they're like, ah, I don't know. This guy's kind of goofy. Uh, and then the more they kind of talked about his powers, the more they were like, you know, that, this could be like really visually interesting. Right. Uh, and I wish there were more people that like approached it from that angle where it's like, you know, we've done at this point, most of the big Spider-Man villains on film. <laughs> You yeah. know, and I think there are some that could be more visually interesting than they were on film, like Mysterio and, and Far From Home, for example, which, you know, they do have some fun with. They have like that one sequence where it's like, "Ooh, you're in, you know, the graveyard. And it's yeah, Tony Stark's, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think you could have done a lot more with Mysterio uh, in that movie for sure. And so to, and that's a pretty major Spider-Man villain. And so for the spot who is like, you know, very much in like a C-list kind of tier yeah. uh, to like come around and like be like, oh, my God, this guy's so cool and like so, such a unique supervillain for this movie uh, and it looks awesome just it's cool to see yeah he's with the, up there with the hot dog bandit from Spider-Gwen yes, absolutely um, which I, w- I would have loved if he was in this movie um, just as like a goof but um, what else was there I mean Miguel like I really liked that whole plot line and that whole, that whole twist I mean you can kind of see it coming from a long way away but uh, sure. that doesn't really matter it's fucking awesome the fact that you know he like you said we said he's obsessed with the canon events and he has to make sure the all of the correct pieces of the timeline are in those I'm trying to think of like what are the way they call them in Loki? I can't remember. The variants uh, and all the that. variants, yeah. Yeah, are all where they're supposed to be and everything goes exactly according to order as it always has been and must always continue to do. Um, and as soon as, uh, you know, Miles, who's not supposed to be Spider-Man, right? That's the whole thing, that the spider from a different universe bits Spider bit Miles, and that's why he has the powers. Yes, is you know a real. I think I think a real good commentary on the whole fanboy. You know, well, he's not really Spider Man, right? Like he's not supposed to be Spider Man. Like his Peter yeah. died, and now he's doing it. Like that that kind of thing. Yeah, which is what a lot of the conversations were like when Miles Morales kind of debuted in the comics back in like 2010, 2011 or whatever. Yeah, it's um, like when Jane became Thor. It's like, well, it's, she's not really Thor. It's like, well, right. No, but she, no, but she is though. <laughs> she is. See, the comics called Thor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Other, otherwise, um, I really loved, uh, I mean, there's so many different, like just random spider people. And as somebody who has read a lot of Spider-Man comics and loves Spider-Man, I, I recognized a lot of them, but Andy Samberg as a, as Ben Riley slash Scarlet spider was very, very funny just in terms of like really kind of parodying that kind of like nineties brooding edginess of the, of the comics. Yeah. Uh, and also when he first started speaking, I thought it was Nicholas cage. I um, me too. He's definitely doing that kind of affectation. And, and I was, and for a minute I was like, I might have to text Mike and say, we need to record an episode like we can't do this on like a mic anymore we have to do this on complete words yeah. um but uh yeah no it's it's andy sandberg playing ben riley who also used to do a nicholas cage impression on snl uh so i think he's just doing that, that i way. think so 
Um, but speaking of Nicolas Cage, um, so there is archive footage of him in this movie. Like, I, I think you hear, like, you hear, like, an archive line from the first movie, because you also hear one of Spider-Ham saying, like, you know, doing yeah. his, like, there's a moment where, like, you know, Miles is kind of walking through the whole canon, and, like, everybody from his past is kind of, like, you're hearing all these different voices. And so there is archive dialogue of Nicolas Cage from the first one in this movie. I would say that does not count as a Nicolas Cage movie. However, at the very, end of, like. the, at the very end of the movie, and this movie does end on a cliffhanger, as we said, uh, Miles is stuck on the wrong Earth. Uh, he's being interrogated by that Earth's Miles, who on this universe is the Prowler. We'll get to that in a second. But Gwen Stacy is like kind of fully come around and is like getting ready to save Miles. Uh, and she has assembled like her own spider team going against the spider society. Uh, and that includes a few characters that we've seen in the movie already, like uh, Spider-Punk and Spider-Man India and Spider-Bites and Peter B. Parker and his baby, Mayday Parker. Yeah. Um, and it includes the characters from the first movie. Uh, and so Spider-Man Noir and Spider-Ham and Penny Parker, who was in earlier, who had like a quick scene earlier. Yeah. Uh, they all pop up at the end. Uh, and so the implication being they will be in Beyond the Spider-Verse, which means next time we talk about a Spider-Man movie, uh, it'll be on the Complete Works probably because Nicolas Cage will probably be in that movie. Fuck yeah, let's go. And yeah, that whole final sequence, the the way that that builds from the reveal that Miles is in is on the wrong universe because his DNA has changed or whatever, so now he's on Earth forty two by accident. Yes, um, and uh, that he Miles is the Prowler here because his father died instead of his uncle and all that stuff. So the uh, but just the way that that intru- reintroduces the Prowler theme from the first movie and how fucking scary that mm, is. Yeah, and the way that that slowly blends into uh, Gwen's drum solo from the opening of the movie when it like finally ends on that shot of them like as the team reassembled yeah uh, just like fuck yeah like yeah let's go arms up che- like cheering in the theater um so cool that was awesome yes uh so i did i did want to talk to you about the uh, the ending and the cliffhanger specifically uh because yeah it just ends in this cliffhanger where miles is stuck on this wrong earth gwen's gonna go try to save him meanwhile spider-man 2099 and uh jessica drew and ben riley are all looking for them because they're like loose spider-man out in the universe right right and also the spot is like going to Miles' universe to kill his father, like to specifically kill his dad. Uh, and that's going to set off the canon event. And Miles is trying to prevent that. Right. Right. Uh, so all, all this stuff is happening. And then the movie ends. It says to be continued. And then if you wait through the credits, it's not really a post credit scene. Um, it just says Miles Morales will return in Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. And then yes. that's it. And so I wanted to get your take on this because we had kind of talked about cliffhangers in general a couple of weeks ago on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for Fast X. Uh, which also ended on a cliffhanger. You were not a fan of the Fast X cliffhanger. Uh, so I'm curious, what what do you like about this one better than the cliffhanger in Fast X? I will, and 100%, this one's way better. Like, this, <laughs> this is a better one. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I did like the Fast X cliffhanger, so I'm curious what, you, what your kind of take is and why you think this one works and that one doesn't. I think um, this one works because it feels like a much more earned in-universe cliffhanger, which is an insane thing to say about a Fast, uh, Fast and the Furious movie. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't, I think, um, you know, it's just like kind of a, a feeling like I wasn't super into fast X. I wasn't having a ton of fun or as much fun as I wished I had. And then for it to feel like a little bit of a jumping the shark thing where it's like that dam just exploded. That water is crashing down on Dom who, what the fuck? Like, like, and just end the movie, whatever. Like, you know, it's, um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that's part of the thing with fast X was just like, you didn't, they didn't earn the end in the middle of a scene thing. Okay. Um, and for this one, it's like characters I actually care about. You know, I will absolutely be, you know, like I think we mentioned on that episode, like uh, Kathy Bates in Misery. Like, they didn't get out of the cock car. Like, when Fast X comes back and they're sure, somehow yes. all alive. Um, but in Across the Spider-Verse, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm into it. I, I 
think I knew it's a part one. Like I remember that it was originally titled part one and all that yeah. stuff. Fast X is not obviously, even though they did pretty quickly announce like, Oh, it's the first of a trilogy, whatever, whatever they are. <laughs> yeah. Doing. I mean, they had said this would be like, you know, there would be two parts to it. Like they right. did say that, but it's not like fast X part one is the title of the movie or whatever. It just says fast X. Right. Exactly. Um, so it's interesting that, that we have that we have, uh, across the spider verse. And now we have also dead reckoning part one coming up all in the same year. <laughs> right. Like a, Which, like a, yeah, I guess I, I'm not sure if that'll end on a cliff. I, I guess it must. I, it's actually called part one. It um, is called part one. I don't know if it necessarily has to end mid scene. Like these two also sort of do, but um, yeah, well, fast X definitely ends like mid scene. This one, I feel like ends on like a cliffhanger note, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's like true. It, that's a good like point. it feels like, it feels like, oh man, stuff's ramping up and now we have to wait. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it is a, it is a tricky thing. I think there are, I mean, there are movies that I love that have like cliffhangers to them. I think a, a previous Spider-Man example, uh, Spider-Man two ends on a cliffhanger, uh, sort of, I mean, it's, it's uh, the cliffhanger is like one element of several for the ending of that movie. Uh, but the cliffhanger that, uh, Harry discovers who Spider-Man is and he's right. going to go out for revenge and become the new green goblin. Right. Yeah. Uh, I about and, that, yeah. And that's not, it's not the last scene of the movie or anything. The last scene is like Mary Jane kind of coming up and like, you know, her and Peter finally being in love and he goes off and swings off a Spider-Man. So like there's other stuff going on. Everything else feels completed and it kind of just like tease up what's going to happen in the sequel sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I've always, and I always, that was a really cool cliffhanger. I think uh, we mentioned this one in the Fast X episode, but uh, the Infinity War cliffhanger um, leading into Endgame, which also was originally billed as like a part one, part two. That's right. Kind of situation. You know, and I, I think I think Infinity War is a weird case where like, I think that movie only works if you are like, if you have seen every other Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, I think as a standalone movie on its own, it's not particularly great, but I think it's really fun if you are into these characters. Uh, and I think the ending like sort of rede- like it sort of redeems it. I think that movie is fun because I like these Marvel movies and I like those characters yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I think if you were just to watch it on its own terms, uh, it's it's kind of a choppy movie. But I think the ending is good. I, th- I like the cliffhanger ending of it. Uh, and even though like we knew all those characters were coming back, it kind of like ends like a definitive note of like, man, how are they going to get out of this one sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this one does that as well. Yeah, yeah. It definitely ends in a... Um like how could how could things get worse for them? How are they going to get out of this kind of situation? Um, ending on the triumphant, uh, you know, uh, Spider Gwen like assembling the team and them all jumping into the portal and then TB continued is like fuck yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just a vibes thing, I guess. They I they, guess so. they they worked for me in this movie uh, and they didn't work for me in Fast X <laughs> for the ending. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it and and I like that that reveal because it's very funny, right? So he he, I think that it it absolutely fooled me a little bit when um it's Gwen like outside the window outside Mar- Miles's house and oh he's, yes he's in the bedroom talking to his mom and you think they're in the same place and then like it slowly reveals that you know he he says I'm Spider-Man like he shows his mom and she's like what are you talking about who is that and you're like what and then yes Gwen realizes he's not in this universe um and that that reveal and then him going up onto the roof with his uncle who's alive now which is great uh, yeah and it's it's basically like Escape from New York because there is no Spider-Man it's just like complete anarchy in this version of New York now. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like buildings on fire and shit. He, he entered on. the uh, the Back to the Future two future te- like the alternate that, 1985 uh, timeline. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Biff Tannen's probably president somewhere. Like, 
<laughs> Very funny. And then, yeah, he sees the big mural for his father instead of the mural for his uncle. And then the Prowler is revealed that it's that it's Miles here Yes, now. yeah. And I love the idea that, like, you know, he sees his Uncle Aaron and he's so taken aback by that. And his uncle was somebody who was, like, a real trusted figure in his life when he was alive. And then in that movie and Into the Spider-Verse, he discovers he's the Prowler and, you know, all that stuff. But before he discovers that, like, Uncle Aaron's, like, you know, he hangs out with him. They do graffiti together, all that stuff. So I think when he sees him in this universe, he's like, okay, well, this is probably someone I can trust, sort of, right? Right. He's he's on his guard a little bit, but he's like following him up there. And then uh, when they get when he gets there, you know, Aaron Aaron like realizes immediately this is not his Miles, right? Yeah. And like he says something like, "Oh, you cut your braids, man!" Like, yeah, you know, all that is like, "Uh, yeah, sure." And then yeah, like I guess he probably knows Miles is upstairs. <laughs> Right. And then, yeah, the alternate universe Miles appears and uh, he is the Prowler. Uh, so, yeah, this is the universe that like Miles should have became Spider-Man in theoretically. Like this is where the spider is from Earth 42. Right. Right. And because it got switched over to his universe, uh, you know, that Miles became Spider-Man and this Miles became the Prowler instead uh, under his uncle's influence. Uh, and yeah, crazy shit. Yeah, I thought it was I, it kind of faked me out, too, a little bit before that even. And I kind of f- forgot that this happened where uh, when he is in the spider society thing and he's like going to the the back home machine or whatever he call it they call it um yeah and uh it like scans him and it shows like his dna and it's like oh yeah universe found and it shows earth 42 on that screen right and i was like oh the twist is gonna be that miles is actually from earth 42 and somehow ended up in this other universe and he is supposed to be spider-man like that was his spider i thought okay, where this yeah. was going that like he like you know in that whole like believe in yourself spider-man you know thing that like he it was always his destiny to be spider-man you yeah that was the correct spider um but to have it be this way that no actually now he's back in the wrong universe is like even an even better double twist kind of thing going on um, yes absolutely and i like that these movies are re- really emphasizing i mean in, into the spider-verse does this a lot and across spider-verse too where it's like anybody can be spider-man you know right everybody yeah. can be spider-man uh and you know that, that's opposed to you know the andrew garfield movies um which like for a while they were like no he was chosen he like the like yeah. specifically this spider could only match with peter parker's dna <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the, he was the chosen one to become Spider-Man. Uh, it's like and, the, the anti-Star Wars where it's like, you got to be a Skywalker. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, Last Jedi kind of had that thing where it was like, oh, it's breaking out of that. Anybody can be a Jedi. And then, you know, they went back on that with Rise of Skywalker and doubled down on the Skywalkers and the Palpatines and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like that these movies uh, really kind of emphasize, hey, everybody can be Spider-Man. Uh, the, the movie, like the first movie even ends with like voiceover from Miles being like, anyone can wear the mask you can wear the mask like that's yeah something that he says in the movie and so yeah to have that idea here in this movie and to really just see like this insanely diverse lineup of all these different people as spider-man some of them are peter parker some of them are miles some of them are gwen and you know all these different races and all these different like pe- like all these different kinds of people uh yeah. being spider-man it's very cool very awesome even t-rexes can be spider-man <laughs> even t-rexes can be spider-man there is a spider t-rex there's a spider cat uh, which yeah. is great and it throws it coughs up web hairballs uh, it's just like a live action cat which is very funny when he holds it up <laughs> it's, oh, I think there is a scene where it's a live action but I think it's mostly an animated cat I don't, the animation oh, yeah. just looks so good that's, yeah uh, <laughs> definitely um, but yeah there's uh, there's a spider horse uh, yeah 
<laughs> the, like cowboy Spider-Man web shooter or whatever his name uh, is. The, the web slinger. Uh, web slinger. Which is a, a great name for a cowboy Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's spider bites and there's, uh, I mean, you got Mayday Parker in here, which is great. Peter's daughter. And yeah, I, I loved seeing Peter B. Parker again. I think uh, Jake Johnson's portrayal of the character is so fun in that first movie. And I think seeing him kind of grow in this one and like, hey, he reconnects with Mary Jane. He has a daughter now and he's become like the overbearing proud father who like takes his kid everywhere. Yeah. Uh, is really, really great. Yeah. Just like he's trying his hardest you know um, yeah uh and I, I love like just uh when he brings her back and mary jane's like you didn't take our kid crime fighting again did you and he's like no i wouldn't do that because you told me not to <laughs> like, <laughs> very, very good yeah just the delight of a movie and i can't wait to see it a thousand more times you know yes yeah i'm hoping to see it uh, again before it leaves theaters i think it'll be in theaters for a little while uh so i should have time to do that um i saw i saw it at the roxy we played it at the roxy which was uh you know we don't typically play a lot of like comic book movies um but i think spider-verse uh the first one was such a big hit like uh, critically you know uh, kind of beyond the realms of like comic book movies and stuff yeah and also we've played spider-verse a few times just doing like one-off screenings and it always does well like kids are always excited to see it and all that kind of stuff uh so i worked the first night that we showed across the spider-verse like the thursday night preview screening um people came in they were dressed as spider-man nice. um, there's this one family that um like the mom didn't tell the kids that that's what they were seeing um and so she was like uh, i got tickets online and i was like oh you got you know four for spider-man and like the 10 year old boy was like you, we're going to see spider-man like they didn't know we were playing spider-man that's <laughs> like, awesome so it was very heartwarming very very excited to see that <laughs> That's exciting. That's very cool. Um, yeah, and I think this is like also, you know, if you want to play into the weird artsy-ness of it all, like it's not the mainstream Spider-Man movie, you know, like it's the right. animated Sony spinoff thing. Um, so that's very cool of it all. Yeah. Um, Which are like so clearly better than the, oh <laughs> the my mainstream God. ones. It's unreal. Yeah, it's not even close. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of bananas. I think even, I think Tom Holland recently in an interview said like, oh yeah, Into the Spider-Verse was the best one. I can't wait to see it across the Spider-Verse. Amazing. <laughs> Which is very funny. I still do think, I mean, Spider-Man 2 is, my, is still my favorite, but Into the Spider-Verse, a very close second. Um, creeping up there. Yeah, and Across the Spider-Verse, also creeping up. I mean, they're they're neck and neck. They're both so great. Uh, and yeah, I can't wait to see the third one. I can't wait to see how it all wraps up. And I'm sure there will probably be more of these in the future. Um, but like for now, it's just nice to have these like two just great, good animated movies that look incredible. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully Silk shows up at one point. <laughs> She's I would like great. to see Silk. Silk is pretty great. Um, I would like to see her again. Um, yeah, any other thoughts about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Mike, before we start wrapping this up? No, I think we kind of hit all of it. It's, you know, it's really great. There's, of course, a ton more moments that, you know, we'll lo- love to talk about. But at that point, we're just listing things in the movie. Uh- <laughs> exactly, yeah. And you should probably just go see it for yourself if you haven't already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, believe the hype. It's really good. People, people should go see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, which is out in theaters right now. Oh, by the way, Neversoft Spider-Man is in this, which I was very excited to see. Um, like the Spider-Man I, from the old PlayStation game. Yeah. Slash the Spider-Man that appears in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Um, he He's in this. Uh, is he really? That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, silent. Like, you know, there's a lot of Spider-Man that just makes like silent cameos and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, he pops up in here. Um, just there's random ones. Spider Kingpin, Captain Spider, the Flash Thompson Spider. Amazing. Uh, the Future Foundation, Fantastic Four Spider-Man is in here. Uh, yeah, yeah, just the, the 66 
Six cartoon or whatever the hell or yep, whatever. Who returns from the first one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a Lego Spider-Man in here. Oh, I uh, forgot all about the Lego universe. There's, there's yeah. a whole Lego universe you go to, which is a great tie-in with Lord and Miller because, of course, they made the Lego movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, just just great stuff all around. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I yeah, there's so much packed into this movie, and I can't wait to watch it again and kind of dive more into the rest of the stuff that they do because there's a lot, and I'm sure there'll be more in Beyond the Spider-Verse. Um, can't so, wait. Yeah, uh, that comes out in March of 2024. Uh, so yeah, not not a long wait, less than a year away, um, wow. which is very exciting. They made these movies kind of in tandem, back to back. So uh, yeah, unless any unless the release date gets pushed or something, uh, March 2024 is the date for the next one. All right, can't wait for yeah. the next Nicolas Cage Spider-Man movie. Yes, pres- uh, presumably. So, so next time uh, you want to hear us talk about Spider-Man, uh, it's going to be on the other podcast. Uh, That's right. Works most likely, but yeah, Nicolas Cage is theoretically going to return in Beyond the Spider-Verse. I don't think it's like been officially confirmed, but I can't imagine they would bring bring back Spider-Man Noir in the at the very last seconds of this movie and not bring back Nicolas Cage. That'd be so strange. <laughs> uh, be very weird. But all right, so that's going to be it for this week's episode of Mike's My Go to the Movies. Uh, Mike D, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that on our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And if you want merch, we have merch available on our Redbubble, which is uh, Mike and Mike Pods.redbubble.com. Yes, it is. And you can find me online at Emma Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Decretio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can hit us up at Mike and Mike Pod on Twitter. You can find the rest of our podcasts on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, but I'll of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Uh, next week, we're doing some discussions. Just some quick discussions before Mike D uh, heads out for the Emerald Isle. That's right. Can't wait. It's going to be a fun time. I'm excited, though. Uh, you know, always talk movies. Yeah, absolutely. In the meantime, The Complete Works uh, just released its episode on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny, the sequel to Crouching Tiger, which Michelle Yeoh returned for. Uh, next week, we're talking Mechanic Resurrection, the sequel to The Mechanic, which uh, Michelle Yeoh was not in, but she came back for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> came back She's well, in she, it. she arrived for this movie yes <laughs> she was on set at some point for this movie all right and that is the end of this week's episode of mike might go to the movies we will see you on the other side